Well, this morning I want you, if you have your Bibles, to go to Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, we're going to go read verses 5 through 17. And uh, it goes uh, along with the, the, uh, the theme of Advent for this week, uh, if you would. And as we preach this, we're coming on to the scene leading up to the birth of Christ. Actually, it's several months prior to the birth of Christ, which we are, of course, acknowledging in this Christmas season. But if you have your body, uh, your Bibles turned there to Luke chapter 1, I want you to join me and read along with me. If you can't, don't have your Bible with you, you can always join overhead. But the Scripture says that in the time of Herod, king of Judea, Judea there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. I want you to pay attention to that, the fact that Zechariah was a priest. He belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. But both of them were religious in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. That did not mean they were beyond humanity, okay? Did not believe it. It, it, That identifies that they uh, observed and kept the temple decrees. But there were, they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they both were very old. Now I'm going to tell you how old I believe they were in a few moments. And some of you don't say, well that's not old. But the Bible says that they were very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense at the altar of incense, by the way. And when the time came for the burning of incense, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But when the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Understand, we don't know when this prayer was prayed. It could have been at that moment, but I doubt it. Do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. And he will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine nor other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before... He is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and in the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of righteousness. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This morning I want to preach to you with the thought in mind... Waiting pains. Waiting pains. 
Now, probably as I look around the congregation this morning and even those that are watching virtually that I can't see or those that are listening by EV radio that can't see me, nor can I see them, none of us in this room probably like to wait. Most of us suffer from a condition called impatience. Some more than others. Don't be looking at your spouses right now, okay? Some more than others. We don't like waiting. Waiting is tough. Waiting is hard. Waiting is difficult. Especially, I think, in the day and the age we live in, we live in the, the uh, our generation. Uh, the generation that is especially since World War II, but especially in the... Uh, in the last 30 years or so, we live in a very impatient society. You know, we're used to microwaves and we're used to instantaneous things happen. We're used to instant on with our TVs now. Some of y'all can remember, like me, you remember the days of the old black and white televisions and you had to pull a little button and sit there and wait on the tubes to warm up in that thing when the picture would begin to spread out. We live in a day of <clears throat> that everything is instant. Everything is sudden. Everything is quick. Why, in fact, uh, just about a year ago, I had a friend of mine. He's in the uh, he's in the Harley Owners Group with us, and he he may watch this because he watches some of our broadcasts. He come. We were having a we were having at the Harley shop on a Saturday morning. We were having hot dogs. Our our Harley Owners Group was just providing hot dogs for whoever came in just to to, to reach out and maybe win some new members to our our Harley group. And this guy, he came in, he said, look here, he said, look here, preacher, what I got. He said, I got me an Instapot. I never heard of one. I found out later it's sort of like a modern day pressure cooker. But I didn't know that. Apparently he didn't either. He said, look here, preacher. He said, I got 65 weenies in that crock. He took the time to put all of those wieners in first down in that Instapot. And he had them jammed in there and he packed in there and he put that lid on that thing and he turned it on and it wasn't very long till the beeper went off that all those weenies was done and he turned and broke the seal on that pot and all of a sudden weenies were flying everywhere. He wasn't counting on them swelling up while they were in that thing. He cooked them and he cooked them quick. And I actually got a video of it, but I refrained from bringing that up. But it was instant. It's an Instapot. It cooked those hot dogs just like that. Just keep in mind, if you ever do it, they will swell up on you. But we're used to instant. We're not used to waiting. Uh, there's pains of waiting. Pain comes from two things in waiting. The first thing that, that it comes from is, is the fact of the unknown. Many of us are waiting and, and we don't know what waiting is going to bring us. We, we don't know what the answer is going to be. Or, or it's, it's dealing with something. The second thing is we're dealing with something that we maybe really don't want to deal with in the first place at all. Waiting is tough. I know, I know in this Christmas season, uh, my wife likes a certain store that's out near Kingsport, Tennessee, and it's called Hamrick's. Don't know if any of you all other ladies have ever been there or not. But husbands, if your wife ever wants to go there, there's good news because at the front of the store, they have this row of chairs. It's husband chairs. And the husbands can go and sit down and have a comfortable place to sit 
and wait on their wives while they shop. Wait, and and you see, it's the unknown. You never know what they're going to come back with once they get in that store. It, it's the pain of the unknown. It's the pain of dealing with things that we maybe don't want to deal with to start with. It's the pain of getting stuck in traffic. It's the pain of of getting hung up at that stoplight when you're in a hurry. And have you ever noticed that that when you're in a hurry, the person in front of you in traffic never is? Have you ever noticed that? It's waiting. It's difficult. We struggle with it. We we have problems with it. It's it's the Walmart line. It's the Walmart line. We can't blame the cashiers too much anymore. Now now it's it's our own fault because. We have self-checkout. I'm waiting to hear, by the way, when Walmart is going to have their company dinner for all the people that work at the self-checkout because I'm going. It's the pain of waiting in line this time of year. We get, we, we, we get impatient. It's waiting on the results of that job interview you just had a few days ago or a few weeks ago. You're waiting on that person to call you to tell you if you got hired. It, it's waiting on on uh, to know whether you have been accepted to that college if you're a young person. It's waiting on that special he or she to come along if you're single. It, it's, it's waiting on the results from that doctor's appointment that you just went to and, and, and you're anxious because you want to know if anything negative came back on your doctor's report. It, it's, it's waiting to hear from someone that, that's gone missing, an amber alert is out from them, or it's a loved one that you haven't seen in perhaps days, weeks, or maybe even years. It's waiting to hear from them, much like the prodigal dad was as he sat and he waited on that son to come home. You see, waiting brings us pain. Pain is uncomfortable to us. I don't think there's anybody in this room that really enjoys pain. Yeah, I don't. But waiting is painful. And the side effects of waiting seemingly make time slow down. You know, mine and Sarah's lives... I, I think I think that there's only ten seconds. There's ten seconds to an hour in our lives. Our, our and a lot of it I realize is by choice. Our lives seem to be just consistently are very fast paced. Whenever I have to sit down and I have to wait on something, whenever I wait, she will tell you it's time for Sister Sarah to say Amen. I get impatient. I get impatient. I get in, I get impatient. You know, sometimes the traffic will get stuck up and over on 77 and I'll get around and I'll go on 52 and I'll tell you what I'll do. This is honest confession. Honest confession is good for the soul, but it can be bad for the reputation. I will, I will land more. I will find me a tractor trailer or a vehicle that's very distinguishable because when I get off of 77 and I go around 52 and take the scenic route and I get back on 77, I'm looking for that distinguishable vehicle to see if I lost ground or I gained ground. But either way, I'm more satisfied driving the scenic route than I am to set in that traffic even though I may end up being further behind than I was to start with. Because I can't stand to wait. Waiting to me is unpleasant. It's painful and it seemingly makes time slow down. Waiting, it's proven, increases anxiety because we're so fast-paced. 
And, and waiting is also has a link not only to anxiety, but waiting also has a link to depression. The a Bible teacher Wayne Stiles and uh, he he's quoted as saying this. He said, "But the most difficult kind of waiting it's waiting on God. It's waiting not waiting on God usually means hanging on until He changes or our circumstance changes." Be they relational, financial, physical, or even spiritual. The trouble with God is He seems to seldom get into a hurry. Not at all, actually. God seems to just simply take His time. So, sometimes our impatience doesn't only happen with the circumstances around us, but our impatience happens with God. Now, as we read the scripture to you this morning, I want to tell you, I want to share with you the background of what brings us to this point of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah being a temple priest, he is what is considered, uh, he's not a high priest. He, uh, in fact, it's probably a great honor that he gets to go into the altar of incense. He is a nominal priest, if you would, but yet a priest nonetheless. And his wife follows after the lineage of Aaron, which is after the lineage of David, which is the, of the lineage of Christ. But as we get to the scene of Zechariah and Elizabeth, what I want you to understand with me this morning is it has been 700 years that Israel has been in the bondage. They've been in, they've been in bondage. They've been in captivity. They have been under rule for 700 years to the Roman government, a powerful government, an intelligent government. Not only has it been 700 years that they've been in bondage, But the last 400 of that 700 years, heaven has been brassed over. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is this. For 400 years, 400 years of of that 700, the last 400 years, they have not heard from God. They haven't heard a revelation. There isn't a prophet that has uttered a word. They haven't had a visitation of the Holy Ghost. There's not been angels to show up on the scene. They haven't heard it for 400 years. 400 years for 10 generations. God has been silent. They haven't heard anything from Him. And they have been in slavery, in bondage, if you would, every single moment of that 400 years. Now, how would that set with us? I get I get nervous if I don't feel a Holy Ghost twinge, you know, at least once a week or so. I get I get nervous if I don't hear from the Holy Spirit just about it every day when I pray and I seek His face. If if, if I don't feel like He spoke to me through His Spirit or or through the Word of God, then then I begin to get nervous. I, I like to hear from Him. I like to know Him. Can you imagine that ten generations, ten generations that haven't heard from God yet they're in bondage, and they're known to be God's chosen people. They had a prophetic promise. They had a prom- prophetic promise that goes back to the time of Abraham that says you'll be as the numbers of the sand on the sea. And, and we also look at the situation that, that in this 400 years, that and they're under Roman captivity, even though they're still Jewish and they're worshiping in the Jewish faith, if you would, there is corruption in the church. The priesthood, by and large, was was no, had, had, was no longer serving in a spiritual capacity. 
They were going through the rituals. They were going through the routines of the temple. They had left the line of the priesthood of Aaron and they weren't, weren't following spiritual principles in the, in the sense of being spiritual anymore. And, but now what, that's why it's so important that we realize that Elizabeth came out of the lineage of Aaron. Because what we see happening is the lineage of Aaron is reintroduced to the temple. You see, temple worship, if you would, had and priesthood had become more of a political position than a spiritual position under the reign of Herod. The temples themselves had surrendered their sacredness to social togetherness. In other words, the temple had attempted to become politically correct. Can somebody say, oh me? Because you see, in this day and this time we're living in, what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing, I don't know if you look at the, and see it from the same vantage point that I do, or if you would, uh, if you would absorb it the same way, but I see the church trying to be more like the world and, instead of being like the church, because we want to be socially acceptable and politically correct. And when that happens, then we find ourselves in danger of not carrying out God's will. For 400 years they had not heard from God. The temple, the priesthood is corrupt. The temple has become corrupt. You see, the temple had surrendered their sacredness to this, and a Sanhedrin, we heard of and we know about when it comes to, to Christ and, and it comes to the crucifixion, but a, a Sanhedrin court or a group of judges was compiled of 70 priests and 70 politically correct men would hand down judgment. And their judgment most often was either death or beat to the point of death using 39 lashes. Or as the Bible says, at 40 less one. And we know that that came to fruition when Jesus was, was beaten at the whipping post of Gabbatha just prior to his resur- uh, to his crucifixion. But here's the good news. Out of that 700 years of Roman domination, out of that 400 years of not hearing anything from God, out, out, out of those years of temple corruption, and out of those out of those corrupt priests that occupied the temple Here's good news. Because there remained a remnant of the Jews that remained confident in the promise that was given to their father Abraham. That promise is solidified in Isaiah chapter 53. As he promised Israel that there would be a Savior. There would be a Messiah. There will be a King to reign over you. And in spite of the silence, in spite of the persecution... They were confident, this remnant of Jews was confident that a king would rule over them. That brings us to Zechariah and Elizabeth's weight. Unlike the others, Zechariah was a temple priest that had remained faithful to God. We know that because of the scripture that I read to you, and, and, and it plainly said that they had remained upright. They had they had remained uh, uh, had maintained, if you would, their integrity before God. Zechariah was a temple priest. He hadn't made it to the high priesthood. He was only a nominal priest that would go in and light the altar of incense. But yet Zechariah had remained faithful to Yahweh. But even in that, Zechariah and Elizabeth 
had never had a child. That was a, that was an utter embarrassment to a priest to not have any children. It was a humiliation to a priest, to, actually to any Jewish man, but especially to a priest that you couldn't have any child. Now we know, we know it's made very evident, it's very clear there was, there was reproduction problems with, with Elizabeth that forbade them from having a child. But that never caused Zechariah and Elizabeth to disbelieve the word that Isaiah had brought to them 15 generations before. Zechariah and Elizabeth, even though, yes, they, they, they had waited all of their life for a child and it hadn't come. And now they're past the age of childbearing. So they probably no longer were really waiting on that. But yet they did wait on the coming Messiah. They were anticipating and they were expecting that Messiah would come. But they probably never gave thought that they would play such a huge role in the coming of the Messiah. For John, the the child that they would bear would be the forerunner of Christ. Based on the language that it's used... And uh, historical information, it's estimated that Elizabeth was probably between 60 and 70 years old when that happened. So those of you that are over 60, we're old. Ain't you glad you got just a few more weeks, Sister Sarah? I went to Roses the other day in, in, in Bluefield at the mall, and, and I was checking out, we were checking out at Roses, and the young lady working at the cash register, she looked at me and she said, are you over 50? You can, if you are, you can get a senior discount. I said, bless you, my child. Not because I wanted the discount, I was just glad she had to ask if I was over 50 or not. That thrilled me to death. Elizabeth was 60 to 70 years old, as believed, and historical documentation indicate that Zechariah was probably in his early 90s. So you old guys that have young chicks, you're okay, you know. But we know that, according to the Scripture, that they conceived. A 90-year-old man and a 60-some-year-old woman that had waited all of their life to have children, but never had had children, probably had already given up hope because she was past the age of childbearing. All of a sudden, how would you like it? How would you like it, Brother AK, if you found out you just won't have another one next week? <laughs> He's getting these came out after me. You know? You know, how you do like it, Joy, if you found her that you was going to have another little brother. Yeah. And she said, no, 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 no. But all of a sudden, everything changes for Zechariah and everything changes for Elizabeth. They're about to have a child. But the, the child incorporates the forerunner of the coming Messiah. So all of a sudden, we see Zechariah and Elizabeth's faith. faith. The waiting, the waiting has been practically their entire life. They have been waiting. They have been watching. They waited on a child and suddenly the child didn't come and it wouldn't come. They've been waiting on a Messiah. Couldn't you imagine the faith that began to swell up in Zechariah and Elizabeth when they find out they're going to have a baby boy? 
They're going to have a baby boy after all of these years and they've given up. Can't you imagine it on somewhere in the, in the backdrop of their conversation that, uh, that Elizabeth looks at Zechariah. She said, Hey, Zech, you know what? If God can give us a child, he's going to, if he's been faithful to give us a child, he's going to be faithful to give us that Messiah. We can't give up hope. It's going to happen. It's coming whether we see it or not. We got to continue waiting. And so they did. Waiting has four benefits that I want to share with you this morning. Four benefits of waiting. The first one is waiting on the Lord develops confident and patient trust. I don't like waiting. I've already told you that. I'm certain. I feel confident that very few of you like waiting. But when we can wait upon the Lord, you know, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they, maybe it was supernatural. I don't, I, I don't know. I can't say whether it was or it wasn't. But I can tell you this. It's very apparent that they waited on the Lord and they trusted in the Lord. And even though they were, they were some 60 years old and, and almost a hundred years old, they never got up, gave up on waiting and believing in the Lord. You and I, we cannot give up on waiting and believing in the Lord because as we wait, confidence and patience will build in our lives. And I believe God is going to do. I trust God is going to do. I have faith God is going to do what he said he would do. I'm not giving up. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting down. I am going to trust him. And as I trust him and I wait, even though I don't like it, my confidence and my trust is going to increase in him. The second thing that occurs is as we wait, it proves the promises of God faithful. Now, if God said, I'm going to do something and everything he said just instantaneously happened in the moment that he said it, it wouldn't take a whole lot of faith, would it? It wouldn't take a whole lot of trust. If every time something occurred and boom, it was just there, it wouldn't cause us to trust. Uh, to, to wait a long time or anything like that. But I want to tell you, there's occasions in my life, and I don't want to bore you with my testimonies, but there's been occasions in my life that God said He was going to do something. There's been occasions in mine and Sarah's life that God said He was going to do something. And, and it, we thought, oh, we were waiting for it to happen the next day, and it didn't happen the next day. It may have took days. It may have took weeks. And in fact, it took years. And there's some things that I've never seen come to pass yet, but I believe God is faithful to His Word. His Word is born witness in our life. And I trust Him. And listen, as we wait, whether it happens yesterday, today, tomorrow, the next week, next day, or next month, when we wait on God's faithfulness and His faithfulness comes through, it proves that His promises are promises indeed. And He is to be depended upon because He is faithful. Listen. Abraham and Sarah grew impatient in waiting and they ended up with the Ishmael. When you and I, if we grow impatient in waiting, we will end up with something other than what God had for us. And as much as Ishmael was valued, don't ever think Ishmael was not valued. Ishmael, Hagar and Ishmael were valued. God ministered to them. But understand this with me. That is not, was not God's plan. That was not God's will. They got in front of God and sought their will out of what they thought God wanted. And they messed up. If we will be patient and wait on the Lord. 
The same Isaiah that promised a coming Messiah also declared in a very familiar verse of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 40. And we don't put it up here before we end this morning. But Isaiah said this, the Lord declared through these prophets, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Waiting is not pleasant. It's painful. But waiting is worth it when it comes to the things of God. Waiting resulted in the blessing for Zechariah and Elizabeth. They would name that blessing John. John interpreted means Jehovah has been gracious. He's given me what I didn't deserve. He has blessed me with more than I could ever, ever want. Jehovah has been gracious. So, we can say that waiting results in blessing. Waiting results in blessing. John was their blessing. You can wait if we will wait upon the Lord. The blessings that He brings us are so remarkable. Fourthly. My fourth one. Yeah, there it is. Waiting ushers in joy. I'll go back and I'll read that entire verse of Scripture to you. It says, But they that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles as they run. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Let me tell you something. There is renewal in waiting upon the Lord. Now, I've used it before too. Somebody says, oh, wait there. That means serving. That means those that serve the Lord. No, no, no. I've preached it out of context before. I'm not ashamed to tell you that. I've done it that way. But when you flesh this verse of Scripture out, what it means is those that exercise patience, those that sit back and patiently and faithfully wait upon the Lord. Here's what's going to happen. The Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk, and they will not faint. Listen, when we will wait upon the Lord, when we will cast our total faith, and we will cast our confidence on the Lord, just like Elizabeth and Zechariah did, we will inherit the blessings of the Lord, and we will see the fullness of the Lord come to pass in our life. He is not slack concerning His promises, but He is faithful in all things. He is dependable in all things. He is worthy of all praise. He is worthy of all glory. He is worthy of all honor. He is Christ. He is the Lord. He is the faithful one. And He is the God that will minister to us in the time we live in right now. So that brings us down to Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah and Elizabeth, while they served a critical role in the First coming of Jesus. For see, there were thousands of Jews. Actually, it's estimated there was probably a half a million Jews in in that time period, in this time period in Israel. Uh, and that half a million Jews, a lot of them had lost the hope of a coming Messiah. Many had anticipated for generations, some have lost hope. But now the time had come. And we know today many, many Jews, many of those expectant Jews still did not see or recognize Jesus as the Messiah. They, 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 they heard the promise of His first coming, Messiah, the King. 
Some failed to recognize it. Some lost hope long before he ever came. Some failed to believe it, believe it when he came. But here, here's the, here's the point of the matter. Jesus, Jesus came, came to earth on what we call that first Christmas morning. He came to earth and he came to earth in a, in a, in a certain word of prophecy, a certain word of prophecy that had been given hundreds and hundreds of years before he ever came. And, and, and in that, in that period of time, there's 700 years of bondage and there's 400 years of that 700 years that they, nobody heard anything from God. For all they knew, he could have died. He could have went away somewhere, but that yet they believed in faith who he was. Listen, it's been 2000 years ago that Jesus said, I'm going away. And as surely as I go away, I'm preparing a place for you. And as surely as I'm preparing a place for you, I'm coming again. And you may have lost hope. You may, you may got, you, the, the temple may have become corrupted. And there's priests that have become corrupted if you gather the point that I'm trying to make. And there's people that have lost hope. There's people that have fallen by the wayside. But I want you to know this. We can't give up on waiting. Waiting may be painful. But as I wait, as painful as it may be, and I've been, I have been a, a believer now. I have not been a perfect believer by any means. I never will be a perfect believer. I don't guess. But I have been this coming March. It will be 43 years that I, since I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you this. I, I, 43 years later, I still am just as anxious for His coming. 43 years ago, I heard old preachers stand up and preach, and Sunday school teachers, they would, those ladies would sit down and teach, and they would tell, begin to tell people that Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, and we used to sing an old song that said, Jesus is coming soon, any morning, nine or noon, many will meet their doom, trumpets shall sound. Listen to me, 42, almost 43 years later, I still believe that Jesus is coming just as certain as He was back then. It may be a little bit painful in waiting at times, but I can't give up hope because if He can bless an old woman and an old man with a child in their old age, and He can bless a nation with a Messiah, and I get grafted into that nation because when He came, I'm a Gentile, but because He turned His face to the Gentiles, I'm grafted into that vine. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I inherit the promise of the Jew, and I believe that as long as I continue to have faith in Him, and I continue to look for His appearing, which is coming again, and then I will endure the pains of waiting. I too shall be saved. I too shall be redeemed. And here's the good news about it. You can too. You can too. All that you have to do is put your hope, put your faith, and put your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, oh preacher, how how do you keep believing? How do you keep believing? You just kind of keep trusting the words of the Lord. Understand with me, Zechariah and Elizabeth did not have a document like we have now. All the, all they had was the scrolls of the Old Testament prophets. I can see, I could see Zechariah and I can see Elizabeth turning back to the, to the scrolls. And of course they didn't all have personal copies of them, but I can see them rolling back to the scrolls, maybe in that rabbinic tunnel over there in uh, 
in Jerusalem. And I could see under the western wall. And I could see them turning back. And they begin to read from the book of Isaiah. And they begin to read. And Zechariah's a little bit discouraged. Elizabeth, I don't know if we'll ever see Messiah. I'm beginning to wonder if there is going to be a Messiah. And Elizabeth's saying, oh, no, 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 Zach. you got to remember this. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and they'll not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. Zach, you can't forget about that, Zach. Jesus is coming. He's the Messiah is on his way. And here's to you. We've, we've got so much more than Zechariah and Elizabeth ever had. In so many ways. We've got the Word of God. We've got the Word of God, inspired word, words given by the Holy Spirit that tells us as surely as I go away, I'm going to come again for you. We've got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, because Jesus said, if I go away, He said, when I go away, I'm going to send another comforter. Another word you could use there is advocate. I am going to send my spirit back to you. The Holy Spirit is not going to come, it's going to, not just going to come upon you, but it is going to be in you. So we have so much more to build upon than Zechariah or Elizabeth. So don't ever say it's too hard to be a Christian. It's too painful to be a believer. Because we've got so much going for us. And if you haven't caught my drift yet. I still believe Jesus is coming again. He's not coming back as a little baby in a wooden manger. Or even a one honed out in the rock. But he's coming back, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Understand this, he was King of Kings and Lords of Lords when he was that little baby. But this time he's not coming back in the appearance of that baby in the manger. The, the, the next appearance he's going to see, he, he is, he's going to be, he is going to be adorned in, in, uh, you, well, you need to go, you need to go over and read what, how John saw in Revelation. He, he's going to have a vesture on him of kingly authority. He is going to have, he is going to have that appearance of a warrior and he is going to come back and he is going to lay claim on what is rightfully his and the church gets, you know, if we've already gone on, get what, guess what? We get to come back with him. See, waiting is painful, but there's an old saying that goes around and that old saying says, no pain. No gain. No pain, no gain. I want to tell you what. We haven't suffered like... I, I've got to where I listen to the Martyrs uh, the martyrs of Christ, um, that program, and I don't know if you ever have or not. You need to listen to it sometime. I was listening to the story about a missionary, Jim Elliott, uh, just yesterday, uh, how he went to uh, he went to min, uh, minister to an, an, an indigenous Indian tribe. Uh, and, and as he went to, as a missionary... To minister to that tribe and take them good things and good news. They took his life. And I'm, there's not a one of us in here this, at least not at this point, it's not likely that any of us will have to give our life for our faith. But God is asking us to give our life. Not a knife through the heart, not a bullet through the head, but to give our life to Him. 
just to yield ourselves over to Him. That's what He's asking for. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning, I just want to ask you this question. The waiting may be tough. It may be painful. But God came true to His promise. He came true to His promise then and He's going to come true to His promise today. He's going to come true to His promise tomorrow. He's coming. He's coming soon. Any morning, night or noon. Don't meet your doom. But have faith in God. The only way, the only way that we can possibly escape is that we put our faith and our confidence in God. Is that going to be, is that always easy? No, it's not always easy. Is, is it sometimes discouraging? Yes, sometimes it's a little bit discouraging. But we have the Word of God and we have the Holy Spirit abiding in us. Zechariah and Elizabeth, their integrity, their consistency, their faith paid off. So will ours. So I want to ask you a question this morning with head bowed and eyes closed. You're sitting in this room. You've never been saved before. You've never surrendered your heart to... And I think most of us in this region know what being saved means. You've never surrendered your heart and life. You've never submitted yourself to Jesus Christ in faith before. If you're in this room and you've never been saved, but this morning you recognize the need of salvation. And I'm not going to embarrass you, by the way. But I want you to do this. I want you to slip your hand up. Nobody's looking around.